Today we start our 28-day experiment of praying for God's Holy Spirit to break through in our lives with power and in the lives of those around us. And we're using this book, Dynamite Prayer, to help us do that. Um, if you start today and you do one chapter a day, you'll finish on the Saturday before Ash Wednesday. And I say, do a chapter a day because this isn't a study book on prayer. It is merely an aid to praying, the kind of big open prayers that have such powerful results. For each day, there's a brief scripture that speaks to God's dynamic power. There's a couple of paragraphs of the author's reflections. There's a prompt with a space to write down your own reflections. A sample breakthrough prayer and also a spot where you can write your own breakthrough prayer in. And then finally there is what the authors call a prayer hold. And uh, I've heard these things referred to as breath prayers. There are many version of a breakthrough prayer that you can say in just one breath throughout the day whenever you need to get back on track and refocus on the Lord. So these books are free uh, and uh, you can pick them up in the lobby like we talked about. Uh, but you don't have to have this book in order to uh, join in this 28-day experiment. There's nothing stopping you from simply committing each day for the next four weeks to pray these big breakthrough prayers. And let me re remind you that the focus is on something bigger than just our usual prayer list. You know, normally we pray things like, Lord, heal Jason, help Olivia with school, may John get along with his boss, may the car start this morning, take away my pain. You know, those, the kinds of typical prayers, which are all good and wonderful, but specifically the kind of prayer that we're challenged to pray is a breakthrough prayer. And breakthrough prayer at the heart is not simply asking for our wish list, but for the, the Holy Spirit to be at work in our lives in a powerful way to accomplish God's purpose for us. And last week we prepared for this prayer adventure by looking at the biblical word dunamis, power, from which we get the word dynamite. And like Alfred Nobel's dynamite explosives, God wants us to have mountain-moving faith lives. Moving faith lives. But unlike dynamite, this kind of power is not something that people can purchase for their own use. It's not our power. This dunamis. For the past 40 years, there's been a group of Christian bodybuilders who call themselves the power team. And they perform feats of strength in churches and in youth gatherings. And they'll bend steel rods or break concrete blocks with their heads. They will tear massive phone books in half, although that uh, demonstration of power has kind of lost something ever since we lost landlines. You know, those phone books used to be like this. It was pretty impressive. I saw a recent uh, photo promo for the power team and they were tearing a phone book and it was about like that thick. <laughs> kind of thing that I thought, well, maybe I could even do that one. And the whole purpose of doing this 
was to demonstrate feats of power and then point to God. Sort of saying, this is how powerful you can be when you follow God. See what power God gives. The only problem was that the folks in the, the power team looked like they didn't need any help from God. They were ripped masses of human muscle. They had power all right, but it looked like it came from themselves and their hard work in the gym. You know, if you really wanted to, to have a power team that, that pointed to God, maybe you'd uh, have a, a little four-year-old come and, and break blocks with his head. Or you'd have an, a 90-year-old person come out of, of the nursing home and bend steel. Or, or maybe even uh, a real feat of power, have someone with, with terrible arthritis rip phone books in half. I mean, that would be a, a greater demonstration of God power, but, but I don't even think even that is needed. No, that we don't need to, uh, to put together a power team like that because the power that we're talking about is not power that comes from us. In this 28-day challenge, we know that God wants us to have power, but whose power? Not our own, but Holy Spirit power. Let's look again at Ephesians 3.20. Glory to God, who is able to do far beyond all we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. By his power, his dunamis, his dynamite at work within us. The power is God's Holy Spirit, mind-blowing, world-changing power. And it works within us, but it doesn't come from us. You want to impress people with, with a power team, well, point to the real power team, which is our, our triune God. So as we go into this 28-day prayer experiment, remember that the power is the power of the Holy Spirit, not our own power. And so there's, there's three key things that I want, want us to keep in, in mind as we go through this. As we seek Holy Spirit power. And the first thing is, because it's the Holy Spirit power and not our own, there's power in surrender. In fact, you might even call breakthrough prayer surrender prayer or yielding prayer, yielding our lives to God's will and purpose for us. There's dynamite power unleashed when we surrender to the movement of the Holy Spirit, when we yield to God's will in our lives, when we ask the Holy Spirit to break through and accomplish His purpose for us. It's like Mary when the angel Gabriel announced that, that she would have Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. She doesn't reply, well, let me think about this for a minute. That's not what I had planned. I mean, I've already lost five pounds to, slip, to get into my wedding dress. And we have this wonderful destination wedding planned for the Greek islands. No, she doesn't say that, does she? Do you remember what she says? She says, let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me 
according to God's word, to God's will. Or if you really want to see the power of surrender, well, there's Jesus himself. No one has ever been as powerful as Jesus. I mean, he's God himself. There's nothing that he can't do. And yet the most powerful prayer that he ever prays is the one he prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you remember that one? Just hours before he will go through the agony of the cross. He's wrestling with following through in what he knows is God's will. And he begs God, if it's possible at all, to not go through that suffering. But you remember what he says? He says this. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. And he told God exactly what he wanted. He told his father that. But then he says, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Not my will, but yours be done. If Jesus did his own thing, there would be no cross and no resurrection and no power for me and you. Breakthrough prayer is a surrendering prayer. There's no Holy Spirit power if we say, my will be done, God. It's thy will be done. So that's the first thing. It's a prayer of of surrender. But that's not often how we want to pray, is it? No, we we don't often want to pray, thy will be done. We want to pray that our will be done. And so our life becomes an epic struggle to get our way. And we fear that if we don't get our way, then we're not going to have a decent life. We'll just die. And I picture it as as kind of a giant tug of war. And we're pulling on one end of the rope and we're trying by our own power to drag everything and everyone over to our side. We want to make the world fall in line with us. And so our prayers are not powerful prayers of surrender so often, but they become prayers that God would give us the strength to do it our way. I imagine in this epic tug of war that there's a a giant chasm between us and whatever it is that's pulling us from the other end. And the more we pull and the more we struggle to get our way, the more we fail and the more we are being pulled towards the edge. And so we cry out to God and we say, God, give me strength or I'm going to die. God, I need more strength in my legs. I need more strength in my back. I need more powerful grip. I need more power, God, or I'm going to lose and I'm going to be pulled over the edge and plummet to my destruction. And God simply says to us, no, just let go. Let go. Let me handle things. This is not your battle to fight. The battle belongs to me and the power for the victory belongs to me. And I will fight it. I'll take the rope. You just let go. And none of those things will have power over you anymore. I'm right here. Let go. And let God. That's the power in surrendering. Turning it over to the one with the power. And that's 
I think, the first key to breakthrough prayer. And the second key is to remember that because it's the Holy Spirit's power and not our own, there's power in waiting. Weight training power, as some call it, W-A-I-T, weight training. You know how those bodybuilders get stronger by lifting weights day after day. Well, our faith can get stronger in waiting, even if it's day after day. And that really becomes hard because even if we're willing to surrender to God's will, to look to what the Holy Spirit wants to accomplish through us, we at least want God to do it on our timetable, don't we? We say, God, I will surrender to your will anything you want. Just do it on my time. Do it according to my schedule. Who hasn't prayed and then said, how long, O oh Lord? When are you going to answer? Waiting is hard. But then as the weightlifters say, no pain, no gain. This week I got some disturbing news. Went to my eye doctor, who happens to be my son, Corey. And afterwards, uh, he left a message for me that he'd found a growth in my eye that was potentially cancerous. And anyone who has ever gotten bad medical news knows how that just sucks the breath out of you. And the wait between getting that news and when I could talk to him in person was hours, but it seemed like forever. Believe me, I was praying all through it. When I did get to talk to him, I didn't get the immediate assurances that I'd prayed for. He said that he would have his partner take a look the next day to give a second opinion, and then I'd probably have to go to an eye cancer specialist to run more tests. And then depending on what they found, they'd begin radiation treatment, or maybe they would decide to just wait and keep an eye on it. I wanted answers. I wanted answers now. And actually, I wanted a very specific answer. I wanted God to answer with someone who would be able to tell me that it was benign and that I didn't have to worry anymore. I didn't want to wait. And I ask uh, for your prayers as well in that, that, that you would pray for me, that it would not be cancerous, and that I would get the news that would allow me to, to not worry anymore. But in the meantime, until I get that answer, I'm left waiting. You may have been there a time or two yourself. And I like that kind of waiting even less than I like weight training in a gym. It's hard stuff. But I know that I will grow in my faith through that waiting, and I trust my life to God's will. Thy will be done. And I hold on to the promise in Isaiah 40 that says, But they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk 
and not faint. Because it's the Holy Spirit power and not our own power. There's power in waiting. And finally, because it's God's Holy Spirit power, not our own, there's power in our weaknesses. You know, the Apostle Paul had his own health problems. Some even speculate that it was a problem with his eyes because he concludes his letter to the Galatians by saying, see with what big letters I write to you with my own hand. Perhaps it was hard for Paul to see and write. Whatever it was, it drove him to agonizing prayer, begging God to remove the thorn in his flesh, as he calls it. And God certainly had the power to do it. But God didn't. Instead, Paul received a different response to his prayers. You hear about this in 2 Corinthians. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And Paul reminds the Corinthians that, that his story of being strong when he is weak because it throws him upon the grace of God was their story too. In 1 Corinthians, he tells them, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they're wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. And therefore, as the scripture says, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. Because it's the Holy Spirit's power, not our own power, even our weaknesses become strengths. For they throw us upon the grace of God. And there's no stronger place to be than in the hands of our Lord. So remember whose power it is when we go through this 28-day prayer experiment. Don't worry if you think you can't pray just the right words or in just the right way. Or if life happens and you find that you missed a day. The power is not in how perfect we are at prayer. The power is in how perfectly God loves us. And because of that perfect love, we can surrender our lives to God and say, Thy will be done. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Let's pray.
God, like uh, the batteries in our phones, uh, we run low on power. Sometimes in the, in the worst situations, he'll call us back to you. Call us back to, to be reconnected, to be recharged, to be refilled with your Holy Spirit so we can accomplish the things in life that you want us to accomplish. And even if that is simply to wait, to wait through the difficult times, trusting in your love and your strength. So God, we pray that our prayers might be big, that they might be bold. And in each one of them, Lord, may we be able to say, thy will be done. For thine is the power, forever and ever.